Hi there listeners. Welcome to episode 240 of Never on the Backfoot podcast. India hammered New Zealand by 70 runs to qualify for the ODI Cricket World Cup final for the first time in 12 years thanks to Mohammad Shami's seven wicket haul. The Rohit Sharma led side is just one win away from ending a 10 year drought for an ICC trophy. Shami took 7 for 57 as India bowled New Zealand out for 327 while defending a total of 397. Earlier, Virat Kohli and Shreyas Iyer hit powerful centuries to take India to 397 for 4 after Rohit Sharma opted to bat first. During his knock, Virat Kohli surpassed Sachin Tendulkar's mark of 49 ODI runs. In this episode, we discuss the iconic victory, major observations and takeaways, and critically analyze the encounter. On the podcast today, we have Prajakta. She is an ardent cricket admirer who grew up watching a lot of cricket. She loves reading up articles for breakfast. leads towards match conversations in lunch and wraps up her day by analyzing the game during dinner she is a sports management professional an online reporter and a content writer by profession after 5 years of content writing and 2 years of reporting she arrived at a notable destination she turned her hobby into her profession and her profession into her hobby ever since she was a teen sports for her was like a metaphor for life Without further ado, let's get started with the conversation. Hi Prajakta, welcome back to Never on the Backfoot podcast. I'm sure you're running, uh, you know, the high of yesterday's match. So, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Neha. Firstly, thank you so much for inviting me once again. It's always a pleasure to speak to you. I I I'm just waiting for you to throw me some questions and I'm good to go. <laughs> Right I mean I just have so much to ask you about yesterday's match because it was uh, an absolute thriller as you must have seen uh, but just to kick start our discussion now India of course made it 10 wins out of 10 so uh, what are your first reactions and observations from the victory uh, you know honestly since uh, like even the before the world cup we had a Asia cup that you know played and since then the domination has been through and through you know they've been overpowering opponents as if it's just a very easy game to be in Uh, and uh, a successful host performance in a cricket world cup is typically everyone's dream scenario nobody expected india to you know just make it 10 out of 10 because you know we captured opponents like australia england south uh, africa these are the teams even new zealand for that matter who are known to be the strong powers but the way these guys have handled and you know come out of situations from anywhere and everywhere i think uh, it's been a great tournament so far and uh, the nation buzzes with the excitement uh, i think everybody is following this tournament be it the seasonal cricket fans or the cricket fans who forever been there um, i think uh, the the team's dominance has been absolutely remarkable especially the bowlers that's something that i would like to mention uh, i mean i just came across a stat today which just mentioned that you know they've been continuously dismissing the opposition in an average of 27.1 overs which i think is uh, absolutely bonkers and if something like this just keeps going on i don't think we are far away from lifting that golden trophy again <laughs> he was really hoping for that and uh, as you rightly pointed out a lot of things have been working well uh, for team india through this tournament but uh, how's your experience you know watching the match live like from the stadium and you know virat kohli also scoring this insane record and india's win more importantly 
you know honestly uh, this uh, world cup i think of all the india matches i'm just talking about the indian matches right now 10 of them i i attended eight of them from the stadium but uh, what i witnessed yesterday you know vankhede stadium an iconic venue such dankar's home ground and maybe you can say virat kohli right now because he stayed to mumbai forever since now uh, you know breaking that uh, 50th mark in front of uh, sachin tendulkar and then doing what he did i think uh, it captured the heart uh, of many many fans but uh, you know the thrill of attending a game extends from the anticipation from the team bus arrival because i have been going to the stadium match day minus 2 match day minus 1 and uh, teams just generally come in for practice or even on the match day when the team you know uh, comes uh, to us prior to the game the anticipation and the buzz that the fans create even uh, standing at the main road they don't care about the vehicles coming in and through and they just want to you know see a glance of their favorite players just through the bus uh, it's incredible the way the fans have fans have you know held up uh, with the buzz that they've created for this world cup and uh, during a home world cup especially when a especially when your host team is dominating the fans are likely to uh, you know be fluent in embarrassing the festive atmosphere but yesterday what i witnessed was just poetic justice i remember this match against india versus sri lanka where vankhede fans were absolutely shattered and broken when virat kohli uh, you know just gave away his wicket at uh, 88 and uh, then he went on to score a century his 49th equaling sachin tendulkar's record and then coming back and as anushka also mentioned rightly you know virat probably might be god's favorite child and he the best right now when it comes to virat kohli because who might have imagined you know he coming back to vankhede and then scoring his 50th and then you know buying down and kneeling down to sachin tendulkar and then you know doing what he did to anushka sharma yesterday i think it was just way far poetic and emotional uh, as much as you try to be neutral but with virat kohli uh, at times it you tend to get emotional with whatever he has achieved till date certainly and i think as a fellow virat kohli fan i can completely resonate to that the script was perfect right yesterday absolutely spot on uh, i mean i i couldn't have got any better rights <laughs> yeah that's true and uh, even you know watching the match live i'm pretty sure you must have had your thoughts on that vankhede surface right and uh, i also want to understand how do you see you know both the teams adapting to it because india had such a brilliant outing you know getting that massive total on board but uh, new zealand also you know uh, with fair, due credit to them really uh, put on a good fight so how would you look at the vankhede surface yesterday I guess there was this uh, controversy regarding the surface, probably the pitch just before the game started, and uh, we all know where it came from. But uh, you know the rumors began usually, uh, and then it caught fire. But I guess a pitch where seven hundred and twenty-four runs were scored, and then you know Shami managing to pick those wickets and uh, fully getting his fifty-eight. Shreya Sayer, uh, you know, scoring that uh, very crucial hundred. Uh, KL Rahul contributing towards the end, and you know even we saw uh, uh, Dale Mitchell score a hundred yesterday. Kane Williamson getting to a sixty plus. So I think it was a very good pitch to bat on. Uh, of all the previews that I read, it was very surprising. People just mentioned it was supposed to be a slow pitch. I mean, considering if it was a slow pitch, there was no chance that in the first innings even we were scoring. Uh, you know, three ninety seven, but. Uh, that was that was just easily made and then the pitch debate i think should end right there i i think the pitch debate should have ended right after 
you know the first innings just uh, ended and then vankade has always had a history of you know delivering good pitches probably a batting paradise kind of wickets when it comes to uh, the odi and t20 uh, format at least and then uh, i think it was a decent surface to bat on and i think new zealand would have felt the same certainly and i think that would have even uh, quieted a lot of this uh, discourse around the pitch uh, you know favoring india a lot right right and uh, even you know uh, looking at india now they won the toss they decided to bat first so uh, what did you make of uh, this decision and certainly was the right one right i think it was a obvious one because uh, see five matches played at the vankade stadium out of which i think four including yesterday were won by the teams batting first hmm. i think the two uh, matches south africa played uh, against england and uh, against uh, i mean the second match at vankade i think uh, they scored uh, more than 400 in both the matches but then see again we've seen uh, the teams batting first have a uh, edge over the teams batting second i mean obviously thanks to glen maxwell and his uh, heroic performance that changed the course of the vankade uh, you know stats but yeah. that was the only match where vankade uh, maxwell pulled it off and i think he was the only man who could and that's where uh, you know uh, australia won the game by chasing it mm-hmm. but i think it was quite obvious that uh, winning the toss uh, rohit sharma would uh, you know pick to uh, bat and that's exactly what he did and then whatever happened was just history <laughs> that's true i mean just look at india like rohit sharma gave you the finest possible uh, start you know with shubman gill partnering him so how would you assess rohit sharma's knock and his consistency through the world cup has been a massive bonus for india right very true i think he's been a fire starter through and through uh, rohit sharma's long start uh, in the ongoing world cup i think has played a pivotal role Uh, establishing the batting tempo of uh, team india and then also neutralizing the opponent's attack especially during the power play because you know the first power play is extremely important and i think rohit sharma has managed to play that well in almost every match apart from the one match i think he'd got on, on a zero uh, but his high uh, risk attacking strategy at the start i think that might uh, you know prove the difference between india falling short in 2019 to india maybe lifting the world cup in 2023 Fair enough. I mean, uh, I think that has really been the uh, you know talking point uh, for India. And even with you know Shubman Gill and uh, Virat Kohli, right? In this match, we saw how they stitched that uh, crucial partnership. So how imperative uh, was that? And I mean, of course, we had uh, Shubman Gill you know struggling with cramps and he had to uh, retire hurt. So do you think that was like a major dampener to India's proceedings? among the various uh, factors contributing to india's uh, you know the 70 run victory over new zealand uh, a notable thing was obviously the impactful uh, 93 run partnership between virat and shubha because see after rohit sharma uh, fell down i think it was imperative that we may lose wickets but then again the 93 run partnership that they stitched was extremely crucial at that point in my opinion and uh, then the impressive coordination especially between you know youngster like uh, shubman gill and the fitness freak virat kohli the running between the wicket was quite evident and uh, they realized i think every weapon uh, new zealand threw at them despite uh, gill retiring uh, on 79 due to cramps virat kohli went on to achieve this historical milestone and also becoming the first player to accomplish this feat 
although uh, then again whatever happened with gil i think shreya sayar came in and then he uh, soaked in whatever bankhede uh, the atmosphere and then he went on with his extremely great knock yeah and uh, that really didn't make us feel uh, you know gills absence uh, that much but uh, to focus on virat kohli now yet again we saw him uh, you know bring in his a game and how he notched that uh, crucial you know 50th odi century it's a record now he overtook sachin tendulkar it's almost as if you know odi is a tailor made for his uh, style of play so uh, how would you look at it so yesterday i just put out a tweet saying that you know uh, virat kohli is probably born to break every record that sachin tendulkar ever made because it's it's crazy especially in this uh, one day format what he's done for the game and what he's done for the game even overall it's been phenomenal through the years watching him grow watching him play and you know watching him being this successful uh, i think um, many indians would have hoped for and i still think people will hope the same for him to just go on and on until uh, he wishes to go on but um, i think akoi brought up a ton in the presence of uh, sachin tendulkar everything that happened in the stadium was absolutely poetic yesterday like imagine uh, the player you started playing cricket off and then you in his same home ground you go and notch up the historic 50th odi you overpower him and then you just go kneeling down to him then you have your wife present in that stadium you have so many fans 30000 fans just uh, you know chanting your name all through the uh, time where virat kohli was present it was uh, it was great i actually managed to capture one image where virat kohli after his hunt where he you know he just uh, uh, jumped in the air and when he just sat on the ground and uh, sachin tendulkar's statue uh, coincidentally just featured in that image and it was just so uh, you know i don't know how to explain this because at the same point it was very emotional to see uh, every everything i have been a part of sachin tendulkar's last test match as well and i think uh, 15th november 2013 was the last time sachin batted at wankhede and then uh, virat kohli on 13 november again has Uh, sorry 15 november as it can come and played a knock like this and made the historic feat everything that happened yesterday was absolutely poetic and, and i think it was written in the stars for virat kohli <laughs> that's actually so beautifully put and uh, you know every uh, virat kohli milestone feels personal right so that's why when i saw this discourse around social media that many people were criticizing him of being selfish and you know stat padding so how would you shut those naysayers and critics because even i think mid match interview if you observe he mentioned how uh, you know the team management and i think the skipper uh, advised him to you know hold and anchor the innings while the others can come around and play around him right so it's pretty much a strategy that's working well for india so why is this criticism still uh, you know uh, occupying so much space everywhere 307 odi uh, 50s in this tournament i think that should shut up a lot of people already because uh, you call him selfish you tell him anything but i think virat kohli has always been the perfect anchor uh, be it for the indian cricket team or be it for rcb as well you know when he plays the ipl he has always uh, talked about this anchor role probably it's something that it comes to him naturally or maybe it's something that has been told to him via the coaches or whoever he looks up to or you know whatever it has been uh, calling him selfish i think uh, he's batting with a beautiful strike rate i don't think uh, anything of that sort needs to be uh, looked after and then he's winning games for india something that actually matters to you 
or maybe the other fans or, or maybe all the indians across the world so i don't see this thing of you know people calling him selfish and then criticizing him i remember a time where he was at his absolute low and uh, that time people had just said that you know he's finished he's over maybe he wouldn't ever come back i remember the legends criticizing him for this that you know it's gone whatever the purple patch is there it's finished but in a world cup in a home tournament uh, scoring runs at this pace and then you know uh, putting it out everything so beautifully i think this tournament has been extremely memorable uh, for virat kohli and let's also consider a fact that age is not on his side right now he's already 5 but he doesn't make it look so uh, but i think whatever he's been doing in this tournament and even in the asia cup is absolutely commendable i agree and i think it's such a disservice when our uh, people call his knocks selfish and uh, you're honestly that argument really does not make sense right absolutely true <laughs> and uh, even looking at the other positives now you had shreyas ayer right who really upped the ante with like his phenomenal attacking instinct then you had kl rahul also give him company so now this duo basically ensured india had like this amazing 398 on the board so uh, like obviously you know this is a great total to have on board but like from when you think of it from a longer uh, perspective also do you think india seems to finally have like a stable middle order and for some time we don't have to worry I think this time around, surely yes. I uh, the middle order has been uh, better, not touched. Uh, India's scoring rate yesterday uh, dipped below seven for the first time uh, in the day. Uh, a minor concern maybe, uh, and that's when Shreya Sayer stepped up following the Shubman Gill's retirement uh, through the cramps. Sayer lofted uh, the Rajan Ravindra beyond the side screen and then sliced him. pass point the boundary i think those two crucial shots uh, you know uh, help him push uh, up the ant and then uh, the final four deliveries where he reached his own century uh, i think it's a second consecutive one in the world cup at his own home ground at vankhede you know again for him it would be a very different feeling a very emotional one rather because vankhede has been his home ground playing in mumbai in a semi final in a do or die clash and then uh, putting up a innings like that I think Shreya Sayer would be very happy with his performance, and the rest of India surely is anyway. Uh, but it stands as the ninth fastest century of all time by an Indian, and then uh, taking somewhat the secondary spotlight of the day because obviously after what Virat Kohli did, it was uh, anyway not possible to give Shreya Sayer the complete spotlight. But I think his runs, and especially KL Rahul towering those sixes and scoring those crucial boundaries. because there was at one point where the you know where the big screen in the stadium was showing how many runs differences there between uh, india and new zealand and at one point where i had glanced through one time it was of four runs and the other time was of nine runs so i think it was the kl rahul's knock uh, that people you know still aren't appreciating a lot but uh, that guy really put uh, india in a very very stable position yesterday is what i feel Certainly, it was a very underrated uh, knock, and I also believe that with Rohit Sharma aging, and I know this is a discussion uh, for later as well. But do you see like Shreyas Iyer as a potential ODI captain for India in the long run, perhaps? We may we may see him. I think even with Rishabh Pant coming in any time soon, there may be uh, you know this clash between the two or. anybody for that matter because right now with the leadership group present with uh, you know rohit sharma being the captain himself and then also the one point that i forgot to mention uh, 
just shreya say or not yesterday was the vindication of faith the head mm-hmm. coach rahul dravid reposed uh, in him you know especially lauding his temperament and uh, dedication so uh, it can go a- any way uh, around but uh, right now it's under rohit sharma with uh, virat kohli being the leader and any indian would honestly just hope them to uh, lift the world cup on 19th november <laughs> yeah i mean any other thought is uh, secondary as you rightly pointed out and uh, looking at even new zealand's bowling right i think they were like totally facing an off day because you had trent bolt tim saudi locky ferguson santner rachin ravindra all of them are uh, going for quite quite expensive spells and you know they were literally dispatched all around the park so what do you think did not work well for new zealand and did they like lose plot entirely i guess uh, they did lose the plot entirely because after the rohit sharma wicket fell i i just told you that it probably was imperative that we might you know go two down three down as soon as possible mm-hmm. but then the way uh, gill and kohli held uh, their innings and then you know how shreyas and kl contributed the runs uh, rachin ravindra uh, i mean i don't know there was uh, a lot of buzz around his name maybe you know scoring mm-hmm. his uh, scoring another century or maybe doing something with the ball but um, he totally had a very off day yesterday then the scare of trent bolt um, i think in both the um, both the matches that india played one in dharamshala and the other one at banpuri yeah. yesterday uh, he has been really, really turned up i think that's a very very good news for uh, us because the scars of 2019 are still very fresh we we truly remember what had happened Absolutely. and uh, then you know i was just scrolling through instagram and twitter just match day minus 1 and 2 and i used to see these uh, stats and these reels where people are you know really scared of how a uh, trend bolt can you know absolutely demolish the indian top order and then even tim saudi considering the record he has against virat anything uh, would have gone haywire but i think god has its other plan yesterday and india did, did their homework extremely well certainly and i think that uh, seemed to have really worked wonders and again you know carrying forward this discussion on new zealand now uh, looking at their run chase as well they were rocked early on you know in their run chase losing uh, tevin conway and uh, rachin ravindra uh, ravindra early on but uh, they still got some starts but they could not capitalize so do you think the pressure of uh, total that big was certainly you know haunting them and could have uh, perhaps caused those dismissals See, four hundred, almost nearing a four hundred, just falling three runs short. It's of course uh, gives you a lot of uh, pressure already. And then three ninety seven wasn't a very uh, easy target to get through anyway. But uh, you know there was this point where Dale Mitchell and Kane Williamson uh, through their impeccable batting performance almost mm-hmm. took the game away from India at one point. And I think we were having this conversation on WhatsApp as well, where I told you I. think yeah. that uh, you know new zealand might lose but uh, might lose it from a lesser margin than they really did but uh, uh, i i just think they access the uh, run chase probably not in the greatest calculation mm-hmm. that they could uh, and i think uh, what shami did uh, i mean we'll obviously talk about it uh, at the later stage of this podcast but it was absolutely phenomenal Yeah, I'm glad you brought this point of uh, Mitchell and Williamson's partnership because I think that was the phase where Indian bowling was really tested, right? We were not able to get those uh, wickets, and the pressure was like certainly mounting a lot. So, how would you assess it, like as somewhere New Zealand, you know, trying to steady the ship and uh, take the game away from India, perhaps? 
you know as i mentioned on the big screen when i saw that there's a difference of four and nine runs honestly it just got <laughs> back to us and everybody around me was just talking about you know 2019 and yeah. how new zealand have never lost to india in a semi finale before yesterday uh, so everybody had their you know fingers crossed and their hopes held high on the indian bowling attack because bumrah wasn't doing much uh mm-hmm. especially in his first spell uh, people just thought that you know maybe he's having an off day especially you know with the fielding as well that we had uh, we weren't extremely top notch but uh, i think uh, a lot of uh, questions or concerns were raised in the indian fans but then thanks to uh, mohammad shami and his incredible uh, bowling performance mm-hmm. like once in a while you get to see uh, you know stats like these but uh, what happened last night was Uh, historic at the Wankhede Stadium. Definitely, it was a magical spell because it was the thirty-second over where you know he got those big breakthroughs uh, for India. It was not just uh, Kane Williamson's wicket, but even Tom Latham's, and you know ending up with like seven wickets. I think it had to be like hands down the best spell, right? There's a thing called a killer blow uh, in cricket, you know, and that's exactly what uh, Shami threw over New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, the pace of smooth run up, uh, following the action, and then the follow through, the destruction, uh, you know, the destructive potential level that he holds with the ball, it is incredible. Uh, it is, uh, you, you know, sometimes it's funny that he didn't play in the initial part of the tournament, mm-hmm. and ever since he's come in, he's picking up four fours and you know, like five fours, as if uh, it's the most easiest thing to do in this world. As if you know, he can just bowl from any hand and he can get uh, whatever that he's been uh, getting, especially the accolades. So the I think the demonstrating this against the Kiwis, uh, he he claimed a remarkable seven wicket haul, mm-hmm. and then uh, he dismissing the formidable openers that is Devon Conway and Rachin Ravindra. I think uh, Rachin Ravindra was in his form of his life, especially in this World Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, early in the innings, like I think those two wickets fell uh, in the gap of ten deliveries, and then despite New Zealand gaining the momentum through that one eighty one run partnership between uh, the captain Kane Williamson. Mm-hmm. uh and then the centurion uh, michel uh india needed a breakthrough and that was the exact time when shami didn't deliver only one but delivered mm-hmm. two in just an over and that's when uh, you know the game totally changed the tables really turned um and then in that in the 33rd over which is just said that in successful balls mm-hmm. uh, he just managed to get williamson and then tom latham uh he also reached the milestone of crossing 50 wickets in a world cup it is like truly incredible of him to do that and vankuri uh, crowd you know there's this one thing that i would like to mention about them they are the they are possibly the most neutral fans ever so yeah. you know even when uh, michel scored his century they were mm. up on their feet you know applauding whatever uh, he's done for his team because obviously in a battle of you know this high stakes where you are in a semi final knockout match and you know you hold the key for your team and you're scoring a century obviously you know chase at the vankhede pitch it's it's not very easy to do that but then mm. the atmosphere at vankhede was uh, incredible and then uh, shami doing what shami did probably the shami show that we call um <laughs> <laughs> india was just bound to win and then wickets just kept on crumbling mm. and we saw india win Yeah, I mean, um, like you know, again looking back at this uh, run chase now, Glenn Phillips uh, joined Darren Mitchell. You know, who was really looking 
uh, dedicated and just so focused, laser focused to get that uh, total. But I think it was like after their dismissal, uh, like things were going to get complicated because we saw how the uh, required rate was like steeply rising. And uh, do you think that was like the final nail in the coffin for New Zealand and uh, a comeback was like far from uh, possible? Surely, I think uh, Glenn Phillips was batting 41 of 33 balls and we all know what Glenn Phillips is capable of when mm -hmm. he gets good. In a high-pressure match where fielding errors can be very common, uh, Ravindra mm -hmm. Jadeja proved out to be reliably uh, an exception. His secure pair of hands efficiently caught deliveries from, uh, you know, uh, Mitchell, uh, Phillips and even Mark Chapman in the death overs. And then that marking the conclusion of a determined uh, New Zealand challenge because that's where we finally took our deep breaths and we were like, okay, we are finally yeah. getting through. You know, we are finally winning over New Zealand in a semi-final knockout match and what better can it be? And then India reaching the final. So, it was crazy uh, atmosphere. Again, I would mention uh, something about that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, then Ravi Jadija taking that catch and, you know, his celebrations of uh, near that boundary rope because everybody thought it was going for a six. You know, it's not very easy to look at the ball, especially under the lights. For fans also, you just see the ball swaying around in the air. Mm -hmm. But then uh, the way Jadeja took, I think he's one of the safest fielder of uh, Indian cricket team. Yeah. And then he did what he did the best. Undoubtedly, actually, you pretty much answered my next question as well, you know, about uh, the fielding. But although India won uh, this match, do you still reckon there are areas of improvement and uh, any combinations that we still need to get, right? Because uh, I think we're still missing Hardik Pandya, but in his absence, you know, you still have the inclusion of Sky that kind of deepens your batting. But do you see uh, all good for Team India as we head to the finals as well? See, like there are these two all-rounders, uh, Shardul Thakur, he's warming the benches. Mm -hmm. There is uh, Ravi Ashwin, I think he's only played one match. But I, it's very unlikely that uh, Rohit Sharma would want a change in the finals because I think this team has been, uh, it's, it's not been changed. At least in the last three matches, if I properly remember, we haven't really made a change. Mm -hmm. And now that these people have been through, uh, you know, uh, then maybe losing the match, you know, like winning uh, the match against uh, New Zealand for that matter or any other teams that they've defeated in the past. I think uh, this team will go through uh, in the finals. I think we'll play the same team at the Narendra Modi Stadium on 19th. Uh, one concern that is there is again the fielding because yesterday we had proper floodlights at Vankade. Uh, but at Narendra Modi Stadium, the floodlights are very different. Uh, you know, they have these LED lightings all across the stadium. Mm -hmm. It again gets, gets very difficult for you to, you know, field under the lights. Mm -hmm. uh, it all depends on how the toss will be, what will India choose to do uh, and everything of that sort. But uh, one would just hope uh, to capitalize on all the all those weaknesses. You know, they have uh, a good uh, three-day break, maybe mm -hmm. where they'll uh, get all that things wrong, especially the camaraderie of this team where, you know, all the boys have come along. It's been uh, beautiful to see just some minor uh, things that they need to do. And mm. I'm just hoping they get it sorted. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you brought this point of the off-field uh, camaraderie, right? Like the uh, best fielder award, like we've seen the hype with uh, that as well. And uh, kudos to the BCI production team to, you know, come out with uh, these behind-the-scenes stuff, right? 
absolutely i think there's this one man who's working behind it that is uh, the team manager anand subramaniam mm-hmm. i think a lot of kudos go to him with the way he's come out with these new ideas uh, because uh, now people just look up to this fielding medal video coming out in the morning uh, and yeah. people just tune in watching and you know posting those small small clips or whatever they uh, like most in that video mm-hmm. and uh, not only in that video you know obviously we see the entire uh, dressing room get together and Uh, you know discuss about that uh, or you know wait about that announcement of who will win that uh, fielding medal mm-hmm. but also on the field uh, where uh, you know we've seen the players celebrate and uh, you know again talking about virat kohli and the way he celebrates a wicket yeah. or uh, the boys just coming through i, I remember this very wholesome image of uh, rohit sharma hugging virat mm-hmm. and kl i think that was in the first match of the tournament against yeah. australia but all these uh, photos videos and you know even those live moments that i have captured um, i think it's been uh, it's been very wholesome and uh, wonderful to see where this team is right now definitely and i think another major talking point of yesterday's win was how we defeated new zealand right now this is one team uh, i don't think anyone hates but uh, just giving a quick uh, stat look now under williamson this is apparently their fifth loss at like semi finals so how do you think they would like treat this loss and basically just cope with it because they are a great team right on paper and we've seen them uh, make it through every like knockout stage in an icc event so uh, where would they want to improve no wonder man because suffering semi final losses in 2007 2011 and then being runners up in 2015 mm-hmm. and 2019 world cup then again you go to another format that is the t20 world cup in 2021 and 2022 uh, and now facing the semi final defeat uh, to india yesterday uh, new zealand have un- uh, encountered some unfortunate outcomes uh, in this uh, you know sport but mm. despite the team's consistency and outstanding performances the luck hasn't really favored kane williamson side is what uh, i think mm. uh, and uh, if we even go to look uh, beyond kane williamson might probably be the only uh, player in the fab four who might not win a world cup ever because virat kohli already has a world cup in uh, 2011 then steve smith has has won many world cups anyway yeah. and then joe root in 2019 so kane williamson might be the only uh, uh, you know the captain and the player in the fab four we know who might not have a world cup while he ends his career he still has a world test championship that's something <laughs> Yeah, that's sure. But we, but one might just hope that he wins that. But you know, uh, yeah. there's this, th- there's always been this thing that uh, they haven't really been able to capture this semi-final thing. Uh, mm. I don't know. You know, maybe it's maybe there's no luck or what circumstance they have to face. But it never really has uh, made them pull them off through that boundary rope. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's something uh, they will definitely want to introspect and you know come back stronger. And I hope they do because uh, they're a lovely team and it's always fun to watch them. And yeah, that kind of does bring me to my next point of uh, the semi-finals that kind of awaits us in what less than an hour. We have Australia take on South Africa, and uh, I think South Africa will definitely be looking to uh, get the better of Australia and you know shed that choker stack. So, uh, do you have any key matchups that you're looking forward to, or like uh, any predictions for the same? 
I think this is the one match that I've been waiting for, honestly, more than the India versus uh, New Zealand semi-final. Yeah. I am very excited for the Australia-South Africa semi-final. Mm-hmm. I really hope Rain does not play a spoiled sport because <laughs> uh, just before this podcast started, I was falling into Twitter and I saw the covers are on, but there's mm-hmm. no rain. So I really hope that's the case for the entire day. But then, you know, first uh, in 1999 and then in 2007, uh, now in 2023, Australia has progressed each time when they met South Africa in mm. ODI semifinals. And uh, will the trend continue or maybe will the uh, South Africa protees make it uh, third time lucky in something that we'll get to know probably by the end of the day? But yeah. I still bank my hopes in Australia because you know who they are. When it mm. comes to a semi-final or a final, uh, yeah. you just cannot beat them. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of history uh, with both these teams. And even as we reach the end of this discussion, are you, like, excited that India is in the final? And uh, who do you predict that like, we could uh, possibly be playing? Any predictions you'd want to make? I think it's it's going to be Australia. Uh, <laughs> it surely is going to be Australia with the kind of records that they've had uh, in crunch game situations, even in the, you know, the game, the must-win game that we saw for them to get qualified against Afghanistan, I think that showed where Australia stands as a mm. as a team in this beautiful sport. So, I am banking my hopes in Australia and I think it's going to be Australia versus India at the Narendra Modi Stadium. But I think <laughs> India will win the World Cup. Oh my god, okay. I really hope that project and I think most of your predictions come through. Uh, come through so, I'm just hoping <laughs> this one also works out. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah and uh, yeah as we draw curtains on our uh, discussion do you have any final thoughts uh, words of wisdom or a message for uh, us listeners and uh, fans I think this World Cup has been uh, great I think it's lived, it's lived up to the expectation Definitely. Uh, I have always heard about ODI being on the deathbed and you know mm. how people are putting out their opinions of how it should be a 40-over game or how it should be 25-a-side and whatever opinions that they've had. But I think it's the most beautiful format this sport has. I think every format that cricket has right now, be it test, uh, the gracefulness of test cricket and the beauty of the ODI cricket and be it the fast pace of the T20, I think Mm -hmm. all these formats are right in their place and we do not need to make any changes. Uh, This, uh, I think India... Uh, getting this host tournament, uh, you, you know, getting a chance to host this tournament, uh, they have lifted uh, the sheer hopes of uh, ODI cricket right mm-hmm. now. And with them winning, I just think it will continue to boom and boost. Definitely. And I think um, ODIs are often likened as like the middle child. So uh, <laughs> India winning it will uh, definitely be a testament to how this format is still alive and thriving and uh, good signs as well. And yeah, that pretty much does conclude our discussion. Thank you so much, Prajakta, for joining me on such a short notice, you know, on the podcast. And, uh, you know, we had a lovely conversation. Here's hoping we can have you back on the podcast and all your predictions come through. So yeah, thank you so much. Take care. Cheers. Thank you so much, Neha, for having me. It's always a pleasure talking to you. (laughs) Cheers. Thank you. Thank you so much listeners for tuning into this episode and for your unstinted support. 
Please follow and press the bell icon on Spotify and subscribe to the podcast on Google Podcasts for the latest episode updates and stay tuned. Do check out at the rate never on the back foot on Instagram and threads and at the rate never on the back one on Twitter, now called X, for the latest facts, updates, fresh content and a lot more that's coming up this cricket season. The podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Spotify for Podcasters and many other platforms. So please do spread the word. Until next time, stay safe and take care listeners. Bye for now.